Rumor has it there is a secret base hidden underneath the Archelaus. So have you ever been in a spaceship? Don't try this at home. Secrets of Area 51 Reveal. I'm from Series A, not Series B. Who are you, huh? Yeah, hey, Mama. It's time to open your eyes, open your mind, and shift your paradigm. You're tuned in to another episode of All Night with the Living Geeks, a podcast in which we investigate and discuss high strangeness in the weird world in which we live. I'm your host, Taylor, and across the virtual desk for me tonight is my brother, Seb. How you doing, dude? Well, I got to say, um, it feels like since we've last recorded, the world has started to dry out a little bit. We've had some sun, oh, some blue sky. That's for sure. Yeah, it's 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 nice to see uh, uh, dry weather again. Um, it's it has been it has been nice. Yeah, yeah. I I have no complaints. We have had some uh, very mild days. Mm-hmm. There, it's still doing that sine wave. You know, we kind of get, you know, up into the 70s. Easter was really nice. Mm -hmm. Easter was really nice. And then we cooled off again. We've just kind of slipped into another cold. I think it was 58 here today. Okay. So not too bad. It looks like, God, it looks like this coming weekend is going to be amazing down here. Nearly 80. Oh, wow. Well, that's if weather forecasts can hold itself together for five days. It'll probably be a little bit less than that. I won't be surprised. Mm-hmm. How have you been? I've been good. Mm-hmm. I've been good. Life uh, uh, life is very busy right now mm-hmm. between work and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are hurtling toward the end of the school year, uh, making sure the kids are getting all their projects and stuff done. Okay. I know... Um, I don't know. I mean, this 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 school year it's been a little challenging in some ways. I think I think we're all ready for it to be done. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, work is staying brisk. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. A lot lot of little stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we managed to get a little vacation in during spring break, but that of course came on the heels of our garbage disposal dying. Oh no! And hurriedly trying to replace it before we left town. So Ooh. it's just it's it's this weird kind of trade off. Okay kind of thing oh here's this fun thing yes but you know now your van doesn't run Ugh. not the bus the bus is fine okay bus was just fine our honda oh. <clears throat> weird stuff like that i don't know how about you how what have you been yeah it's just kind of work sleep repeat you know um <laughs> dude i hear you yeah it's it's been pretty intense although i will have to say um i am very excited our cousin in oregon has found Oh, our yes. great grandfather's unpublished memoirs, which I've been looking for for about a decade. Um, breaking news! Breaking news! Very excited here on the podcast. Um, still don't have it yet in hand, or at least a copy. But hopefully, sometime in May next month, um, okay, we, that will happen. So I'm really—he's uh, coming down to the Bay Area for Mother's Day. So hopefully, we're going to meet up, and I'm going to take a look at this thing. And I'm just nice. I, I've heard so many rumors about this thing. At one point, I thought it had been burnt by our, um, our great uncle um and it's amazing to think that uh out of the mists of time you know a, a person from you know the distant past can kind of show up again you know yeah um, yeah so I'm, or 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 how you think that something has been burnt and destroyed but but the files still exist and disclosure will happen and, oh wait no this isn't about aliens wah, wah. <laughs> right <A> trombone sound <laughs> So stay tuned, folks. Hopefully we'll have some uh, further breaking updates uh, in a future yeah, episode. <laughs> definitely. You know, a dramatic reading or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, make a point of, like, looking up, like, what, you know, copy centers might be open right. on Mother's Day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool, man. So while we're on the subject, what is new in your weird this month? Well, Anything? yeah, this month my good dear brother Taylor... Gave oh, me, who's that? Who's that? Um, who's that? He gave me some great free paranormal books. A dozen books about UFOs, Skinwalker Ranch, Alien Abductions, Precognition, Psychic Phenomenon, and Contactees by such authors as Hans Holzer, Jack Belay, and others. Um, yeah. I'm so thankful, man. This is this is great. It's just this a wonderful gift bag of goodness. Um, <laughs> there's one book in there I'm really excited to see because I've actually... Which one? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a book about... 
1977 uh, infamous British television mockumentary called Alternative 3. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Which, I'll be honest, I've never actually watched the video. I mean, for, for listeners who maybe not might not be familiar with it, it's probably, like, the best way to describe it, it's Britain's version of the Orson Welles' War of the World radio broadcast. It was a fictional piece of uh, media that I guess a lot of people in Britain saw on television and thought was the real deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you've read all these books, and do you, do you, did you have a favorite? or? I mean, I, I, I don't know that I've, I've read every single one of them cover to cover. Okay. There were, there were there were quite a few that I got a ways into and then got distracted by another book. Oh, right. As, as does happen sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, yeah, gosh. I mean, you know, Valet is always good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch, even though there are a lot of factual inaccuracies mm. in it, it is a good read in terms of kind of gripping the reader okay. and keeping your attention. It's it's also an it's it's an easy read. It doesn't really challenge you. Okay. Uh, in a way with like you know lots of clinical terminology or anything. It's it's it sucks you in in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, far more interesting than that is one that I didn't give you called the Utah UFO display, um, which, uh, tells, I think a more accurate picture of, you know, what, what's going on there. Do you think the monsters at Skinwalker Ranch ever get bored and want to go to the Hidden Valley Ranch? I mean, it would definitely be tastier. I, if, if I were, if I were one of the quote unquote creatures at Skinwalker Ranch and I was like, you know what, I'm bored with this ranch. I want to find a different ranch. Yeah. I would go to the Doritos Cool Ranch. Oh, the Cool Ranch. Now that would be a great place to haunt. Let me tell you. Yeah. Every time I hear someone talk about Skinwalker Ranch, I always get confused and I think they're talking about Skywalker Ranch, that place where George Lucas lives or whatever. Yeah, yeah up in Marin. Yeah, you know, which is just like I mean it's probably not the same thing, but um <laughs> It is not. <laughs> It is not the uh, the monsters at Skywalker Ranch are are so much cooler. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Java, yes, yeah, all those guys. Definitely, uh, definitely. Well, what's uh, what's new in your weird? Well, I, it's it's probably not all that weird. Mm. Uh, but last was it last week? Yeah, it was last week. Um, we had our TV remote disappear. We had a little Roku TV, so it's a little Roku remote. It's mm-hmm. maybe, what, four and a half, five inches long. Um, and typically, you know, the, the the kids will be like, oh my gosh, where did it go? And it'll, like, have gotten tucked into a blanket. Um, occasionally, it will fall kind of into the couch. Okay. Right? Typical classic stuff. And we could not find it anywhere. I'm not joking. We disassembled our couch. Oh my gosh. It's now it's a sectional. It's not like it's like a love seat and we literally pulled, you know, nails and boards apart. Okay. Right? But we 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 did a deep, deep, deep dive hmm. and couldn't find it. Ooh. Could not find it. Now on the upside, Roku has an app that you can load on your phone that will control your TV. So it's not like it was the end of the world, but at the same time it's like, come on, kids. We we, we need to start taking care of our stuff let's make sure every time we're not watching tv we put it you know in this one particular spot yeah so fast forward to the next morning going through our morning routine getting my son to school and i've hopped into the front of the car he opens the back door and he goes i found it dad i'm like what and i turn around and there's the tv remote sitting right between the two back seats what and i'm like i mean i i just i cackled i laughed wow. i proceeded to take a picture of it and send it to uh amber and kobe mm-hmm. being like look what we just found oh my goodness um now realistically mm-hmm. realistically it was probably one of those things where my son absent-mindedly put it into his pocket and then it slipped oh, out of his pocket yeah. when i dropped him off at school okay um but the fun way of thinking of it is that it just somehow apported there yes <laughs> definitely um <laughs> And and it was just enough time for us to basically order up a new one. So now we have now we have two. <laughs> oh, you know, better better two than none, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and really, worst case scenario, there's always an app. It's just like, look, now you got to tell me what you want to watch, kids, and I control how much you watch. Oh, <laughs> very cool. Uh, yeah. So that's that's been my weird. Okay. Cool. Not as not as weird as when my keys went missing for two weeks and then appeared hanging. Ew, yeah, that, I remember that. Weird. Yeah, that was yeah. Ew. 
Anywho, Anywho, we are going to continue uh, looking back into the pages of UFO newsletters and magazines mm. from the deep past. In fact, I'm gonna I'm just gonna tease it now because mm. we're we're definitely gonna do this. I can just guarantee you. Um, Seb, I think you had the idea. Is like we should do an episode at some point on all the weird advertising. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In some of these, and there are some absolute gems. Mm-hmm. I haven't even pulled out the magazines that you gave me a couple of Christmases ago mm-hmm. to go through those. But that was something that I loved looking at. Oh, it was just sure. all the crazy advertisements. Yeah. Um, so we will eventually do that. Whether we do that next month or a few months from now, or way down at the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, you know, we will do that at some point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You're here. Um, but I'm going to go first this month. I My story, I, man, I tell you, I, I found a couple of different stories. I found a big one mm-hmm. that I do want to do at some point, but I saw how big yours was, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, I don't want to be up for two hours right. recording. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm holding that one for another month, but I actually stumbled across this one uh, while looking for a different report. Mm. that I didn't realize I had already downloaded. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep, totally had it downloaded, didn't look at it, swore it was in a different issue, so I'm, like, looking through PDF after PDF, and I was like, I can't find it. Oh, but here's a weird one. Mm. So this one comes from the December 1970 issue of the Australian Flying Saucer Review. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, it's it's not a very big story, it's not a very long story, but it is a story the likes of which... I have never heard before. Mm, Okay. And so the text reads, This occurred in Bairnsdale 18 months ago on July 21st, 1969, on the morning of the first moon landing. Now, remember, Australia is ahead of us Mm, uh time-wise. So for them, the moon landing was July 21st, Mm. while it was still July 20th here. Okay. Just, you know, time zones, people. Um, The time was about 5.10 a.m. The witness, a 16-year-old girl, had risen early to watch the event on television. She switched the TV set on as she entered the room, leaving the room lights off. That's probably what I would... She then saw the object standing on the front lawn of her home. It appeared to her as a tall, rectangular pole shape, about 15 feet distant from her. Okay, so 15 feet away. It appeared 6 to 8 feet high and 10 to 12 inches wide. It glowed white, and there was a wedge-shaped shadow on the ground beside it. It didn't give off a ray of light. It glowed. Now, I'm sorry. I need to pause for a second. If something is is glowing, it is giving off light. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay? That's just how photons work. Right, right. Anyway, there was no sound. Mm. She watched for a moment, and then, with the thought of being looked at through the window, she collapsed into a chair and huddled there for some time watching the TV. Mm. When other members of the family arose, there was nothing to be seen. Presumably outside, I'm assuming she's still there huddled in the chair. Mm. This is why specificity is important in article writing. (laughs) She had not seen the object leave. The only known substantiation of this sighting came the next day when it was learned that at the exact same time the girl saw the object, the next door neighbor heard sounds that suggested somebody was tampering with their car. Then that someone was on the back patio. Then that someone moved the blinds in the children's room. Now I'm getting hell your vibes, right? This the neighbor had gone to investigate, but had found nothing unusual. And then strangely it points out, the girl is a quiet child, a teenager, and rather shy. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, this is weird. That's bizarre. It is, I call it the Bairnsdale Pole. Yeah. So, it, it, it on the first point here, it happens as man is about to land on the Right. And take his first steps on another celestial object. Mm-hmm. Right? So, on the next point, it appears to be a freestanding post mm-hmm. that's glowing. Yeah. Um, and maybe what I like most about it is there's slightly some almost goblin-y behavior happening next door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's so strange to me of, of what this could possibly be. And I, I mean, I looked, did I search every last nook and cranny for a story that might come close to this? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. but in the research I did, I have not heard of another story quite like this. Yeah, no, I I haven't either. I'm, I'm so glad you chose this story. I mean, 
for me, the first thing that jumps to mind is it's almost like one of those Arthur C. Clarke monoliths from 2001 A Space Odyssey, you know? And just seeing it, like, sideways on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I The only thing I will point out and i'm and i'm bringing this up because just today Mm. we're recording this on the 17th of april so it's um episode 286 of the kryptonaut podcast okay Mm. they did a topic called the inexplicables okay and in it and i'm gonna paraphrase because i listened to this this morning and i didn't jot down any notes so i'm doing this all from memory Mm. they talked about a uh a case in which someone basically saw like a walking stick oh like it had kind of legs and it had kind of arms Mm -hmm. and if i remember right it was described as kind of like almost looking like it was pedaling a bicycle but it was floating past whoa and that's the only thing now granted it's not six to eight feet tall it's not 10 to 12 inches wide it's not like a piece of lumber you're getting down at home depot Mm -hmm. um but up until this point, this was the only other story I had heard that was even remotely similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the fact that we have basically an, an animated stick. Well, wasn't it wasn't it John Keel that was talking about um, when there's high strangeness about sometimes it's very frequent for people to hear like a car door slamming? Because mm-hmm. you have here mentioning the neighbor hearing the car being the car. He thought his car was being tampered with. Yeah. So I wonder if that even could have been a similar noise. Do you know what I mean? Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's there's not really any detail on that. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, um, but the fact that, you know, there is this kind of like something might be messing with something on my property. Yeah. You know, that that is something that we see kind of repeated mm-hmm. uh, in different cases. Um, so what is it? I mean, I have no damn idea. <laughs> I mean, it could be a sentient glowing pole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um it could be something way crazier than that. And all that the mind of this girl could process was this pole. You know, I wonder if it could have been... <clears throat> let's imagine for for a moment another civilization out there in, in the universe where the creatures on that planet look like these poles. Mm-hmm. And what if on the very day that our species landed on another planet or bottle, a space you know, object, um, heavenly body, what have you, you know, mm-hmm. this species, it was like they were, it was, this was their first earth landing. And so like on their planet, like they were all the poles were watching TV, watching the first pole get on earth. You know what I mean? That's right. I love that's it. That's right. That's good. That's, and that's what I'm going to choose to think this was. It's more fun to believe, right? Yeah. And then they tried to make contact with the telephone poles and the light posts and the mm-hmm. traffic lights and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Anyway, you you had mentioned, you know, it reminded you of like one of Arthur C. Clarke's monoliths. Yeah. Right. Maybe seen side on. Well, maybe this pole's actually a door or portal seen from the side. Oh. And she didn't witness whatever came out of it and maybe messed with the neighbor's house. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like a rift in like the space time continuum or something. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. So it's, I mean, that's one of those things, you know, you, people always, you know, they, you show a portal in a movie, you know, and very rarely do they show it side on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, where it almost looks like there's maybe a little hint of something there and whatever comes out of it, comes out of it, or goes into it either way. It makes me wish the witness had watched it more. I mean, I, I mean, I, I say that, but I mean, if I had seen that, I would have probably freaked out and curled up in a beetle position, you know, so I oh, can't yeah. like, you know criticize him too much you know but yeah yeah the additional details were really amazing it, it is interesting and and i know we haven't done it in a long time so just just for just for hoots um i decided to chuck Bairnsdale into the cypher yeah like why the heck not this has got some this has got some gobliny behavior we might as well pull the cypher out heck yeah now interestingly enough Bairnsdale, which equals 109 okay does not equal anything Whoa. in the book of the law oh weird zero results okay which i thought was interesting but the fun of uh naquery.com is that there are other books you can select so i went through mm. and so in no particular order um Bairnsdale equals nonsense okay it equals am the fool mm. it equals behold i am mm. hopefully not behold 
I am, like the I am movement. That's a whole other thing. No. Um, it equals infernal. Okay. It equals forever. It equals universal. Hmm. Uh, it equals the fear. Hmm. It equals possessed. Mm-hmm. It equals of the shadows. Ooh. Mm, yes. Uh, it also equals obscene. Be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. And pyramids. Oh, okay. So, eh, some interesting stuff. A lot of them kind of on the nonsensical mm-hmm, mm-hmm. end of things, uh, which which I can, honestly I find really fitting because this is very much, and I'm not doubting the legitimacy of what this person experienced, mm-hmm. but it is in and of itself kind of nonsensical. Very, very so. You know, very much the so. phenomena kind of likes a bit of nonsense. Mm-hmm. So this kind of gives me the vibe that, you know, this is just the phenomena just manifesting to someone and it's like um 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 i'm a pole yeah i yeah i'm watching (laughs) well it sort of reminds me like um i live really close to the state fairgrounds and there's like a huge for lack of a better word jumbotron or electronic uh uh billboard right outside the place sure and you know they're always advertising different events and stuff but sometimes i'll be driving by it and for some reason somebody will hit the wrong button and all it will display is a huge 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 computer desktop image oh right i've seen stuff like that. yeah and it's almost and so it's almost like maybe this poll is like we're seeing like the uh like the accidental an accidental view of the internal guts of the phenomenon you know what i mean (laughs) like somebody forgot to hit a button somewhere and this thing just was just showing up or something oh my god seb what i just figured it out oh here we go it's the phenomena's cursor right yeah the phenomena hadn't entered anything yet, so it's just a glowing cursor. I love it. Oh, yes. Okay, this that's, is, my head, that's my head now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that better than my idea, too, actually. <laughs> that's pretty... That's so weird, though. Yeah. I know. I know. Okay. Isn't that great? It's, it's pretty great. Yeah. Well, this was, a good, this was a good story. Nice little weird one, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the short, simple stories uh, can still be the weirdest ones and yeah. lead you to thinking the phenomena has a cursor. Why not? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Enter text. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> anyway, Seb, grace us with your. Oh, jeez, it's it's a it's a big one. We're gonna go down the rabbit it, hole a little bit. Yeah, I am. I am ready for this drive. <laughs> well, speaking of drive, um, for the second time in three episodes, I'm talking about a weird story that involves a Ford automobile somehow. So apparently, our show is now. Um, it's co-sponsored by the Ford Motor Company. Apparently, hey, great. Um, and we, we need those blue oval bucks. We, yes, exactly. Um, and sticking with the Australian theme, this is an article that comes from another Australian paranormal newsletter. Um, this is uh, was published in the August 1968 issue of UFOIC newsletter, published by. Oh, I, oh, I see. I see what they did there. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, UFOIC. I see. Um, uh, the the group was the Unidentified Flying Objects Investigation Center. Okay. Um, and it's an article about an incident that took place not in Australia but in upstate New York. Okay. So I'm gonna, here's I'm going to read a little bit of this. Uh, uh, Ithaca, New York. UFO takes control of a car. On this 12th December 1967, Mrs. Rita Malley and her young son Dana were driving home on a highway at approximately 7 p.m. when an object of about 50 or 60 feet in diameter appeared at the side and above her car, uh, stopped the engine, took con- and took control of the vehicle. As by an invisible force, the car was pulled sideways, sideways off the road and dragged for about 20 feet into the paddock. Love that word, paddock. Yeah, it's a very Australian term. It's just off into a field, right? basically. So literally pulled sideways off the road. And yeah. Dra- Ooh, interesting. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yep. Uh, during the near panic... Uh, experience of Mrs. Malley, the object remained hovering at the height of about 120 feet, emitting a blinding white beam and flashing red and green lights. Then, hmm. then a strange humming sound was heard, compared by Mrs. Malley as a sound of voices talking all at once. She claims one voice uh, only then became audible, giving her a message, quote, Paul Donald's Moravia killed in Messina in a tractor trailer owned by Joe Ettinger, unquote. Soon after this, the car started by itself to move back onto the road, took the proper position on the highway, and began accelerating rapidly. It appeared as if the object were dragging the vehicle along the highway. 
When at a distance, lights of oncoming cars were seen, the object suddenly took <clears> off and disappeared from view. At that instant, the car's engine picked up, lights switched on, and Mrs. Malley regained control. Next morning, she received a phone call confirming the death of Paul Donalds. So Okay. Whoa. Yeah. So when I, you know, when I was searching for this, for an episode or for a topic, a show topic for tonight's episode, you know, it was, uh, I was kind of com- coming up with a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of strange stories, but it was just the run of the mill. Oh, you know, somebody saw lights in the sky and, oh, maybe somebody saw a cryptid. And I was just like, okay, those are, those are fun, you know? And then I got to this one and I was just like, first of all, I had never heard this story before. Um, it does occur in the literature here and there, but I've never seen anything or heard anything about it. And the more I thought about it and the more I researched into it, the weirder it got, in my opinion. Um, because here we have an incident where apparently, if taken at face value, a UFO is basically stopping someone to say, hey, condolences, uh, an acquaintance of yours died, and then flying away. Um, well, I mean, like, if if it hadn't even included that, the fact that you basically drag a car sideways off the road yeah. into a field, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the same way that a child would take a Hot Wheel yeah. and do that kind of thing, and then, like, bring it back to the highway, and then, like, literally, it sounds like it races it down the highway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, until other witnesses show up and then it's like oh, i'm not doing anything yeah and it just lets go and disappears yeah. bye now right if if the story was just that yeah and not this like you know i, I don't know it's not precognitive but basically that this message mm-hmm. this this bearer of bad news as it were mm-hmm. um it, it would be crazy and insane and weird but since you add this extra element in it's insane yeah it's i mean could this story suggest that some of the possible motives of ufo crews i mean there's a lot of abduction stories that suggest that ufo crew members regard humans as a little more than guinea pigs right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you got contactee stories that are full of benevolent space brothers who want us to all live in peace right but why would a ufo tell someone that an acquaintance had died. Um, was this an attempt to to prevent an accident? Was it a warning of future events? Did the UFO cause the fatal accident? Was there ever even a person named Paul Donalds who died in the traffic? I was intrigued. So I, so I started doing a deep dive, you know, and I was kind of hitting my usual places online, old newspaper article uh, websites right. and stuff like that. Um, and I found this, um, I found an article in the Ithaca Journal newspaper from December 16th, 1967, mm-hmm. and it's titled, Woman Says Car Stopped by UFO. And so this is the, as far as I could tell, the first um, iteration of this story in the press or in public, in print anywhere. All right. Um, at this time, she is still anonymous. She's not, you know, revealing her name. And the story is generally in agreement with the um, Australian article I mentioned, but there mm-hmm. were a few additional details that I wanted to mention. Um, it goes on to say that a single voice, this is of course when the UFO had taken control, a single mm-hmm. voice then seemed to be speaking in English, but with an accent and in a stilted manner as though reading from a news tape, she said, quote, Paul Donald had been killed this morning near Messina in a truck accident, truck belonging to Joe Edinger of Moravia, unquote. Can I, can I do it in that stilted kind of news tape voice? Please, please. Paul Donald has been killed this morning near Messina in a truck accident. Truck belonging to Joe Editor of Moravia. I love it. I love how your like aliens are from like the south side of Chicago, apparently, you know? Well, yeah, because it's, it's all those it's all those newsreels. News of the world. <laughs> right, totally. Uh, so the and then the article says it says the woman the woman knew Donald as a casual acquaintance. The Moravia driver had in fact been killed near Malone. New York that morning in a truck accident although the woman first had the announcement confirmed the next morning when her sister telephoned the car and the saucer moved together for about two miles when four cars appeared the craft soared away she said the other four cars had all stopped on the opposite shoulder the occupants apparently watching the flying saucer she then she then contacted James or ORR an mm-hmm. investigator for aerial investigations and research at White Plains with the information about uh, after seeing him in a Syracuse television program. So that kind of explains like, you know, a, a couple of more details. Um, it talks about how apparently the other people on the road that night, some of them may have actually seen the craft, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kept digging a little bit more. Um, Mally's identity was a 
The later revealed in a May 27, 1968 article published in the Ithaca Journal news, newspaper. Um, John Keel. Interesting, interesting that it's it's covered again almost six months later. Right, exactly. It's, it's a bit of a time lag. Um, John Keel devotes a few pages to Malley's story in his book, uh, UFOs, Operation Trojan Horse. Great book. Great, great book. Great book. Um, but it was also featured as the cover story for the July 1968 issue of Science and Mechanics magazine. Interesting. Now, I, I was only able to acquire this article um, written by aerospace writer Lloyd Mallon on eBay for about five bucks. Um, I wish it was online somewhere. Um, as far as I can tell, it's nowhere online, which kind of mm-hmm. I wish I could we could link to it in the show notes or something. Um, the article, I'm not going to read the whole thing here. I'm just going to kind of just give the highlights, you know. Um, but it's, it's, it's a trippy, this version of the story is super trippy. So it goes, one bleak evening last winter, a lonely highway in upper New York state became the scene of what is probably the most terrifying encounter that any human being has yet reported. The victim is a young mother of two and part-time beautician named Rita Malley. Quote, my husband's name is John. He works at Morris Chain as a foreman. This is Dana. He's in kindergarten. We have a 62 red Ford convertible with a white top. I was driving home late from a visit with a friend in North Lansing. Uh, it was on December 12th in the evening, about 7 o'clock. I was traveling on Route 34 going south at a speed of about 60 miles an hour or faster. Ah, oh, you lead foot, Rita. <laughs> yes. You're not that meter maid lady. <laughs> this is the Auburn-Ithaca Road where the speed limit is 50. It was a dreary night with slight flurries of snow blowing away. There was no traffic at all. The wind was awful. It's a kind of barren stretch. Fields and hills on both sides. The fields are wide open between the road and the woods. Just when I was midway between North Lansing and South Lansing, I noticed this brilliant red glow. Um, I thought it had been a police car. I'd been speeding. I looked in the rearview mirror and saw nothing. There was nothing but this red light covering everything. The object, whatever it was, suddenly appeared at my left. It came into sight over a telephone pole, another pole. Mm-hmm. And I glanced up and glanced out and saw brilliant red and green lights underneath an object that was airborne. It must have been 55 to 60 feet in diameter. It was round and had a little dome-like thing on the top. You couldn't look right out and stare at it for long because the lights were so bright. It was, I realized, awfully quiet in the back seat. I looked back to see what Dana was doing. He was sitting straight up. His eyes were just bugging right out of his head. I yelled at him. His response was nothing. He didn't say a word to me. He just sat there. He wasn't looking out at the object. His head wasn't turning. His eyelids weren't moving. The object was hovering at a height, probably three or four telephone poles in length. It extended a white beam of light from underneath, and it just completely took right over the controls of the car. My car stopped moving when it stopped. Um... I kept stamping on the accelerator, but the car wouldn't move forward. Suddenly, I realized that I was moving sideways. The thing was taking me off the road. I twisted and turned the steering wheel in the opposite direction, but no matter what I did, I even tried using the brakes to stop. My car gradually moved sideways and took me under the shoulder of the road. The shoulder of the road must be 10 feet off the highway, and I must have been another 5 feet beyond that. The lights inside my car went down to nothing. The headlights had slowly dimmed to where I could hardly see anything. I have an automatic gear shift to my car. It was in drive, but the motor had stopped. It went down below an idle, which is hardly turning over. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I became aware of a strange noise from this thing, this object. It sounded almost exactly like a TV antenna vibrating in the wind. It was that same low humming noise. The hum at first sounded like a whole swarm of bees, a cluster of bees. And then suddenly the hum stopped when the voices began to talk. These voices came out of the thing, this hovering object. I want to explain. My car windows were rolled up tight. And as I said, the wind was blowing. The voices sound like a gr- sounded like a group of people, a chorus of voices. They were all talking at the same time, saying the same thing. Only they spoke as if they, what they were saying was being translated into English. Because the words were broken. I mean, like when they said the word Paul, they said Paul, P-A-A-H-L, like that. But that the so last, they're New Englanders. They're New, yes, they're, they're going to park the car. Yeah. Uh, but the last name of the person they were talking about was very distinct. I knew what that last name was. These voices were not impressions in my mind. They were external, coming from the hovering thing. It's, they sounded like maybe they were talking through a loudspeaker, but not quite. I couldn't tell whether they were male or female. I mean, there were so many of them all at once. They gave me a dreadful message. Quote, Paul Donalds, Moravia, killed in or near Messina in a tractor trailer owned by Joe Edinger, Moravia, unquote. 
I did not know Paul Donalds except by name because I knew his sister Marion Donalds and I had went to beauty her and I had went to beauty school together. Interesting. Then these voices said, quote, Wait, they said more? They said more. Quote, oh. quote, your son will not remember the time stop, the car from the time you left the highway. Let me say that again. Quote, your son will not remember the time stop, the car from the time you left the highway, unquote. Whoa, that's interesting grammar. Um, yes. <laughs> After about six or seven minutes of terror, my car gradually started to move back towards the road. I had no control over it at all. It moved itself right back up onto the road. I was still holding onto the steering wheel. I gradually came right back onto the highway, to my proper position in the right lane. My lights came on, and this hovering object was staying directly opposite of me, to my left, facing the car. I still had no control of the car as we moved along the highway. About three miles down the road, we came to a bend. The white beam of light from underneath it had gone off when it started to move. Just the blinking in red and green lights all around the bottom rim of the thing were showing. Then I noticed some cars coming towards me. At this point, the thing suddenly ascended to the south. I was immediately in control of my car again. I called to the backseat, Dana, and he answered, yes. I said, did you see anything, Dana? Did you see what mommy saw? And he said, no. He was all right. The next day, it was late in the afternoon, I received a phone call from my sister who works at Cornell University. She said, what do you think of Paul Donalds getting killed in Messina? I was shocked. I didn't know what to think. The details were exactly as the voices said. Paul Donalds had been killed in a tractor trailer owned by Joel Ettinger. Or, now, or you know, a train going by. Or a train States, going by. I've got to call that out every month. <laughs> that was the first I had heard of the actual tragedy. We just moved out this way and we're not having the newspaper delivered yet. So, geez, what the heck is going on here? How do I, how do, how does one begin to investigate this wacky story? So I wanted to see if there really was somebody named Paul Donalds who died in a traffic. And sure enough, according to an article I found online titled Driver Killed in Truck Crash, published in the Press Republican newspaper of Plattsburgh, New York, dated December 13, 1967, quote, Paul W. Donald, 29, of Moravia, was injured fatally Tuesday when his tractor trailer skidded off Route 11 and struck a tree in the St. Lawrence community east of Ogdenburg. The story continues in another article online titled Driver Killed on Curve that appeared in the Courier and Freeman newspaper of Potsdam, New York on December 21, 1967. Lawrenceville, another tragic accident occurred on the curve of Route 11 near the Clarence Russell home December 12th at 5.10 a.m. when a tractor trailer driven by Paul William Donald of Moravia skidded on the icy road hit a large tree, breaking it off. Donald was pushed forward, pinned in the cab. He received a crushed chest, abdomen, compound fractures of both legs. Donald was taken to the Alice Hyde Hospital in Malone, but died shortly after being admitted. He was employed by Joe Enninger's Wasco Valley Trucking Company of Moravia near Syracuse. It was also reported he had a wife and three children. Wow. Okay, hold on. I want to I wanna look at something here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, this is me being the grammarian, so bear with me here. Sure, sure. When you have a sentence that reads, he received a crushed chest, abdomen, and compound fractures of both legs, that sounds to me like you're saying he received the home version of the game show that he's on, right? <laughs> um, Tell him what he receives, John. <laughs> right. Well, he receives a crushed chest, abdomen, and compound fractures of both legs, valued at eleven hundred dollars. Jeez, that's yeah, that's a that's a tough. Um, it's and I'm I'm not I'm sorry I'm not trying to make light of, of a terrible accident, <laughs> but it's just the it's, grammar that some newspaper stuff uses. It's like, come on, it, let's just speak, speak a little more plainly. It written very weirdly, for sure. Yeah, um, I mean. Not to say that the aliens didn't have some weird grammar, too, so... But, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's... I, I kind of had to kind of get... I got a map out, or I got Google map out, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I started looking at the dates and the times. And so, from what I can tell, the timeline is roughly this. Paul Donald is fatally injured in a traffic wreck around 5.10 a.m. on December 12, 1967, in Lawrenceville, New York. Okay. About 14 hours later, a UFO hijacks Rita Malley and her car... In Tompkins County, New York. Now, that's about 180 miles away, straight as the crow flies. Okay. Um, and so, what can we conclude about this crazy story if, it, if it's taken at face value? In my opinion, I think there's several things that jump out. Um, first, the UFO delivered the grim news about the wreck after the axe occurred. Right. So, we can presumably rule out any sort of precognition. I had seen some things online that said the UFO um, was trying to warn somebody about this accident about to happen. But it doesn't sound like that 
That's how this mm-hmm. actually broke down. Um, also, the details of the accident told by the UFO to Mali are generally correct. I mean, they're, they're confirmed by newspaper articles written on the entire other side of New York State. Um, yeah. There really was somebody named Paul Donald who died in a crash. He wasn't a figment of Mali's imagination. Um, and if we can put aside for a second the sheer weirdness of a UFO telling somebody about the death of a remote acquaintance, um, probably the weirdest part of the message in my opinion, was the, were the details about the truck's owner. Um, it seems to be a detail completely unrelated to the larger story of a traffic fatality. Mm-hmm. The UFO saw fit to mention that, but it didn't say anything about the cause of the wreck or other facts that would presumably be more interesting. Right. Um, according to my research, the UFO's announcement of the truck's owner appeared in the Ithaca, New York newspaper, Via Mali, five days before this detail appeared in the Potsdam newspaper on the other side of New York State, um, which is just utterly bizarre in my opinion that um, is kind of weird yeah and so, and your your reading of the 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 article uh just now i mean that that's chilling like i literally got chilled oh yeah it's 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 actually much longer and much creepier mm-hmm. um in the in the full telling there is a um there is a gentleman a ufo researcher from arizona Oh, I wish I remember his name right now. He was pretty famous in his day. Um, there's a university down there that has a lot of his audio tapes. And he actually interviewed Rita Malley, and she told the whole story. So there's actually audio of her. Oh, man. And I wish really? I, I looked. I spent an afternoon trying to see if I could find it for tonight's show, but I don't think it's been digitized or put online anywhere. Oh, my like gosh. That. That, that, that would be really amazing to yeah. hear. That'd be really cool. Some of the regrets I have about this tale, I mean, the lack of corroborating evidence. I wish there had been some other witnesses who came forward to say that they saw the same craft as Mally. Um, Yeah. Or even, like, police photos of tracks presumably caused by the car as it was dragged into the field or whatever. Well, yeah. Um, But... There's there's two last things that that hit before I want to get your thoughts on it but there's two last things that hit me that I just I have to mention. So there's there's so many UFO or contactee accounts where the aliens either speak perfect English, you know, if we think about like um, like an Indrid Cold kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even a Valiant Thor. Valiant Thor. Um, or it seems that there's like a lot of communication that that occurs telepathically, you know? Yes. Mally's story appears to offer the rare account of the process of extraterrestrial translation and what that baby sounds like or, or feels like you know well not not to mention you know a, a a saucer basically having a loudspeaker system right exactly um and the other thing is the apparent hypnotic state that Mally's son got put into by the UFO I think is really interesting because like it seems that there's a lot of witness accounts of close encounters that the people have total recall right there's no mm-hmm. there's no sense of missing time. Um, on, on the other hand, there's a lot of stories where it sounds like the witnesses had their memories wiped. They have missing time. And, and these memories have only been recovered through something like maybe hypnosis, right? Right. Um, I can't remember another UFO story where you had like one witness who had total recall and then person right next to them basically had their memories wiped and presumably would have experienced missing time. I mean, granted, he was a kindergartner, so maybe he probably didn't notice things the same way. Maybe that, that an adult well, yeah. would have. I mean, you know? it, 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 at that age, I would have just been like, I fell asleep in the back seat while mom was driving. Exactly. But it's, you know. it's interesting because if, if we take it at face value, if UFOs, if some UFOs, you know, are erasing people's memories and giving them missing time, I think this account suggests what a person might physically look like when that process is happening because that's what mm-hmm. the young son was going through. Um, yeah, I, I, it's funny because I, I think about, you know, as, as, as you're telling this tale, I'm visualizing it. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm certainly not trying to debunk it or advocate debunking it. I'm not sure you could, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at stuff like, okay, um, you know, the UFO is described as a bright white light with flashing red or green lights. Mm-hmm. And it's unclear as to whether those are going around or there's just a red light and a green light and they're blinking. I feel like I get both descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that also does kind of describe a plane with its landing lights coming right at you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, not trying to advocate, just pointing it out. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no indication in any of the uh, any of the stories of whether or not they have the radio on. True. Okay. So, just humor me for a second, just mm-hmm. on an idea. Now, and this doesn't account for everything, mm. but let's say they're 
hurrying to get home. It's late. Maybe she's tired. Like, it's bleak out. I'm sorry. When it's bleak out, like, I just feel extra tired. Uh-huh. So driving as well. Let's say the radio's on and she honestly, scary as it sounds, starts to kind of fall asleep at the wheel. Uh-huh. She goes off the road into the dirt at the same time that, like, her subconscious is hearing the radio report Paul Donald's death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that does not account for a lot of, mm-hmm. and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to advocate that it's definitely this, the simple fact that, you know, she remembers trying to get her son's attention and he is, you know, basically looking all bugged out and catatonic, mm. you know, that, you know, pokes a big hole in, in like this potential explanation mm-hmm. for things. But I could see that that I'm nodding off and feeling out of control. So maybe she she nods off at the wheel. The car accidentally drives into like a field. Mm-hmm. Maybe she bumps her head. At the same time, the radio is talking about uh, giving a radio report of this person dying in a car wreck. And then she's hearing that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so and so to, to her mind, to her, her recollection, her recording process in her brain, it sounds a little, you know, garbled. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like there's a weird accent or a stilted, almost news reporter uh, voice to it. And then it's, it's, you kind of go, you know, something in your brain goes, um, Hey, wait a second. Mm-hmm. We're off the road, mm-hmm. you know, wake up. And then you kind of recover mm-hmm. and get back on the road. Now I'm again, not saying that this explains absolutely mm-hmm. like i i really truly believe like if it and the way that she describes it is that this was m- several minutes mm-hmm. you know six to seven minutes of of being out there mm-hmm. um before being dragged back onto the road i'm like i am kind of inclined to believe that something happened mm-hmm. but i do like to look at these stories and go okay what else could possibly explain that oh sure just to kind of like mentally do that due diligence oh yeah i definitely think that that's a plausible scenario um that's and that and that's what bugs me about the fact that you know i think that if there had been other witnesses who saw like a saucer that night on that road it would have like added to that credibility you know oh Um, sure and i and i can only imagine that hearing her personal account of what happened to her uh you know i i think that also would be very very compelling um one way or the other I mean, you know, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, it didn't happen this way, but she's so convinced that it comes across. Or it is, you hear that in her voice of like, this is absolutely what happened. And this is, you know, her, her account. There's something about being here, that first person Mm -hmm. experience that can be very compelling. The, uh, the lights that she saw, uh, an additional detail I didn't read the first time. Um, it says the blinking red and green lights all around the bottom rim of the thing were showing. They were so bright that it was hard to tell their shape if they were round or square. The red was most predominant, but they were intermingled so brightly that they blended together. Um, hmm. Okay, so the, it is definitely multi. Yeah. Okay, so that that honestly that gives me less of of, a, of an airplane vibe mm. to it. it uh, but yeah. Hmm. If 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 we if we take this story at face value, if if. If Mally's son, Dana, really had some sort of memory wipe or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was doing the math uh, yesterday. If he's still alive, he'd be in his early 60s now, I think. Okay. Um, and it'd be, I think it would be entirely fascinated if, if he under, underwent some sort of you know, hypnotic regression to see if he could recover any sort of memories of that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, my only thought to that would be that he has spent probably decades at this point you know hearing and experiencing his mom's account Mm -hmm. of what has happened so on some level he's probably reconstructed like the events of that night in Mm. his head Mm -hmm. possibly yeah um i know i had an experience uh gosh what 20 no more than 25 years ago um, where I was in a car wreck oh, yeah. and lost basically seven hours of my short-term memory. I had no recollection of it whatsoever. Wow, yeah. Um, and, and technically to this day I have no recollection mm. of what happened. I mean, it, you can literally call that missing time. Now, in my mind, I've been able to piece it together because 
I've had people go, okay, here's what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, here's the police report, you know. So, you know, I have, if I try to recall that night, I have a point where it's like, okay, this is what I know happened. Mm -hmm. And this is how I visualize it. Yeah, Um, that's right. But I don't have that exact experience. And after after you hit your head in the wreck, you started eating eggs. (laughs) <laughs> no seriously was it no 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 you no you are absolutely right i'd forgotten that it was it was one of those things i was in a i was in a 60s vw bug so no headrests mm-hmm. um and i blessedly didn't break a bone mm-hmm. or anything um you know it's so definitely some like uh like charlie horse muscle cramps a couple scratches an abrasion bumped my head on the steering wheel pretty hard mm-hmm. um but uh yeah when I woke up in the hospital the next morning and breakfast was put in front of me, there were scrambled eggs on that. And I just started eating them without even thinking twice about it. And you never ate eggs. You, I, you yeah, were like, I, I was, I was, yeah, no, I was not into eggs growing up. No. Um, but I love scrambled eggs, even, even fried over hard. Yeah. Um, and that allows me to enjoy awesome things like loco moco um, <laughs> these days. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, but that was one of those things where my short-term memory was so bad that when the uh, uh, officers on scene mm. there, you know, they were like, do you, do you, do you feel like you need an ambulance? It's like, no, 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 I'm, I, I'm fine. Mm. And again, this is what I was told that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'd, I would ask them a question. They'd answer it. Mm. And then like a few seconds later, I'd ask the same question. Uh... Like, my short-term memory, not there. Wow. Okay. And they're like, mm, we're going to get you an ambulance. Yeah, yeah, worry. yeah. You know, so that's, yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember visiting you at, like, the Stanford Hospital, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a scary time. It's it's missing time, however it happens, mm-hmm. um, is very weird. Even when I got um, sedated for my arm surgery a couple years ago, mm-hmm. when I detached that tendon, it was one of those things where, you know, I remember getting prepped and it's like okay we're gonna start this you know whatever it was to sedate me i was like okay cool just chit-chatting chit-chatting and next thing it literally is like blinking my eyes Mm, mm -hmm. and i'm waking up in a different place yeah in a different bed talking to a different person yeah yeah um and and it was like oh who what time is it Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's like you know three four hours later i was like oh (laughs) that passed quickly (laughs) you know it it was very weird and it was very weird when you bumped your head that's when you invented time travel and came up with the flux capacitor that is exactly right it was a red letter day in history (laughs) it was it was it was indeed great scott sep i can't believe you remember that (laughs) uh man any last words on the bearer of bad news here, just that it's just it's it's so weird because if I think you I think you construct a very plausible alternate explanation for the story. Um, Ish, I I'm not even sure I believe it honestly. I mean, if if we take the story at face value, um, it's just it's I mean, just seeing a UFO is weird enough. Having it take control of your car takes it to that next level, but having it deliver a message which although sad and tragic, is sort of like... I mean, as far as I can tell, she never met this guy. It was just her former classmate's brother, basically. Yeah. And so for anybody listening tonight, imagine someone, maybe a coworker, maybe a classmate. Maybe you've heard about their sibling, but you've never met the person. You might know of them, or you know of their name. Now imagine if that person tragically died, and the news of this was delivered to you by a UFO who hijacks her car. I mean... <laughs> I mean, if this was a Hollywood movie, nobody would approve the script because they'd say there's no logic here, you know? It, it's it's that kind of high level of strangeness which just makes me wonder, like, what's really going on? If, it take, yeah. if we take it at face value. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, is it the fact that she was speeding and the UFO thought, hey, I saw this tragic car wreck 14 hours ago on this other side of the state. I hope this lady slows down so she doesn't have a wreck, so I'm going to teach her a lesson. You know, <laughs> hey, it, hey, hey, Paul Donald died. Yeah, seriously. Don't you die too? Be careful out there. Yeah, maybe they're just trying to be friendly or helpful, or I don't know what, man. But um, so, so, so you know how you know how like around here there are some roads where it's like you know uh, what is it like uh, patrolled by aircraft? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So ra- Route Eleven out here somewhere needs needs a sign that's p- patrolled by UFO. Have you ever? I've, I don't think I don't know if I. I don't know if I've ever seen an aircraft patrolling one of those signs. I mean, granted, I never would see it if, I, if I, unless I had like a moonroof or a, like a convertible, I guess. But yeah, 
Have you ever seen an aircraft patrolling a speed limit? Um, I I have not. Yeah. Like outside of like seeing it on TV. Those those signs have just got to be bullshit to scare us into slowing <laughs> down. Maybe right? there's no airplanes up there. What are they saying? There's airplanes don't exist. What do they think? <laughs> what do you what do you think this is? Australia? That doesn't exist either. Exactly. No, I'm 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 being facetious. Australia totally exists. I've been there, Aww. and it got me there by airplane. So. Those exist too, and we both had stories from Australian newsletters tonight. So that's kind of yeah. Of course, yours completely takes place in New York. This is true. This is true. Now, this is interesting because I know that um, the host of the Our Strange Skies podcast, mm. Rob Christofferson, um, who he lives in upstate New York. Okay. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe I should message him and be like, hey, you've probably heard of this case. Like, what's your take on it? Yeah, I'm surprised that, I mean, obviously it like shows up in Keel's book and everything, but I mean, I've, I've never seen any like, like YouTube videos about it or I've never seen it on any documentaries or it's just, so that makes me wonder. It's like, is there something I'm missing? Did, did somehow this story get like utterly debunked and it's just not talked about anymore or what's going on here? Basically, I don't know. You know? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a little extra research we can do. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, I, I say that like I'm dismissing it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I love this story. This is very interesting. Every month, though, Seb is going to dig into the really old Tommy newspaper archives to unearth a story of high strangeness. And my brother, Seb, what do we have this month? Well, folks, we have an article from the Morning Press newspaper of August 2nd, 1904. The article is... Titled Phenomenon Most Strange. Ma- okay. Magnetic phosphoric cloud envelops the British ship Mohican. Hmm. Wow, a magnetic phosphoric cloud. Ooh. This feels like some welcome to Nightvale stuff. Ooh. Yes. All right. So the, the article reads as follows uh, The British ship Mohican encountered a strange phenomenon. Um, this was off the coast of Delaware, apparently. Okay. A cloud of phosphoric appearance enveloped the vessel, magnetizing everything on board. When the sailors saw it, said the captain, they rushed along the deck in consternation. I looked at the needle. And it was flying around. I'm assuming the compass needle. Presumably. I looked at the needle and it was flying around like an electric fan. An electric fan, you say, in 1904? I think so. Yes, I'm just just being silly. Oh, okay. Um, I ordered several of the crew to move some iron chains that were lying on the deck, thinking to distract their attention. The sailors could not budge the chains, although they did not weigh more than 75 pounds each. Everything was magnetized, and chains, bolts, spikes, and bars were as tight on the deck as if they had been riveted there. The cloud was so dense I could not see beyond the decks. It appears as if the whole world was a mass of glowing fire. Suddenly, the cloud began to lift. The phosphorescent glow, the ship, uh, the phosphorescent glow on the ship and the crew began to fade in a few minutes the cloud passed over the vessel and we saw it moving off over the sea so wow geez here's a here's a weird one that is a weird one yeah um kind of kind of spooky you know um you have to wonder if the uh how i'm assuming that the article doesn't mention but i'm assuming the magnetism or the effects of the magnetism also ceased when the cloud disappeared yeah i guess it's true it doesn't actually really specifically say Mm -mm. Like, it would be, like, less spooky as if it's like, yeah, the cloud totally left and we still couldn't get the stuff off the deck. What is going on? Yeah. But that's a, that's a, that's a weird one. I mean, I hope I don't ever come across a, come across a, come across a cloud like that. Um, yeah. Whether whether on land or sea, that would be pretty unusual. Totally. Oh, we had some weird stories tonight. Yeah, those were some good ones. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So much fun doing this. Yeah. What will we have next month? We don't even know. Oh, jeez. We don't even know, but that is it for this month. Holy moly, almost halfway through 2023 already. Where is this year going? My mm. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is it for this month. Thank you for joining us on this adventure into the weird in the world and the weirdness that surrounds us every day and definitely surrounded us uh, out in fields in New York and uh, on the day of the moon landing. Mm. Uh, if you want to, you can follow us on Twitter at All Night Geeks. You can follow me at BusBuddha71, and you can follow Seb at Clan McMuffin. That's right. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, and maybe just have some UFO come along with a loudspeaker and just blast our podcast at you so you can listen to it that way. 
Uh, but be sure to rate and review us as well. And just as importantly, please share us with your friends or confound your enemies by having them listen to us. Mm. Word of mouth goes a long way to spread the love around, and we'd appreciate it if you tell at least one friend about the podcast. Big thanks, as always, to the Ghoulies for letting us use Hot Rods from Outer Space from their album Midnight in America as our intro and outro music. Give them a follow over on the socials and hit up theghouliesdenver.bandcamp.com to buy their music. We've got merch that's over at shop.spreadshirt.com slash N-O-T-L-G. The weather's warming up. Maybe it's time for a tank top. Maybe you just want to put some buttons on your bag or slap some stickers on your hydro flask. Go check that out. And thanks, as always, to Kate the Steam Powered Mouse for doing the show's artwork. Um, if you're in a position to and you want to throw a few bones our way, you can always do that at patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. That goes a long way to keeping the hosting going. Uh, that's it for us this month. We will catch you next month. Uh, go read some weird news articles. Uh, check out the show notes for the stuff from this month. And in the meantime, get out and find something weird. Good night, folks. You know what? I'm bored with this ranch. You want to find a different ranch? Yeah. I would go to the Doritos Cool Ranch. Oh, the Cool Ranch. Now, that would be a great place to haunt. Let me tell you.